true understanding of what your will is for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and praise you always. Amen. Amen. I have a quick question. Have you ever had somebody tell you uh, you're at church listening to music and they say, oh, this music is heavenly. Oh, this is such heavenly music. But the truth is, nobody's ever heard heavenly music except the shepherds on the plains of Bethlehem. <laughs> Nobody else has heard real heavenly music. So I was wondering, when you think of heavenly music, what do you think of? What type of music do you think of when you think of heavenly music? I think of soft music. I think of Sometimes I think of loud music. Uh, with a lot of voices and, and um, praise music. With a, uh, I think of a lot of praise music with a lot of voices and and instruments, but sometimes I think of soft music as well. Okay. Karen, what do you think? Heavenly uh, music. Harmonious, just 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 wonderful, just just high praise, but sometimes just peaceful, you know. Hmm. Oh, okay. Anybody else? Heavenly music? I'm a fan. I'm an Aeolians fan. And um, once they came to St. Louis, well, they've come to St. Louis several, a couple of times. We mm -hmm. were in a, uh, there's like a cathedral on the, on Umsel's South Campus. And apparently people didn't hear about it. It was just a handful of us in there. And the Aeolians they give 200% all the time. And they sur they surrounded the sanctuary in this little place. And it was less than 12 of us. And they sang a cappella. And it was so beautiful. I could I say I couldn't can only imagine what heaven has to be like. It was just awesome. Okay. Well, have you ever experienced music when you just don't hear it in your ears, but you hear it in your soul. The music of an angelic sound that penetrates your heart where you get these nerve waves going through your head to your toes. It's more of an experience of a not just a hearing or sound, but it's more of a, a whole experience that grips your heart and your mind and brings them together. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Kennedy, what do you think? Can you hear us? What do you think heavenly music sounds like? What do you think heavenly music sounds like? Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess you would just know when you hear it. I don't know how to describe it, but I think you just know. Okay. You know, it's nobody it's mentioned rap. Nobody yeah. mentioned rap music. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you said rap music because. When I'm thinking of heavenly music, nine times out of thing, I'm thinking of music that is that's speaking of my Savior, that's drawing me near to uh, how to get to him. And so that's heavenly for me. Okay. okay. You, you notice everybody had a different idea of heavenly music. <clears throat> so that's always good. Uh, first paragraph says, a new song about to be sung. There is a day just about to burst upon us when God's mysteries will be seen and all his ways vindicated, when justice, mercy, and love will be the attributes of his throne. When will that day, what, what day is that talking about? When God's mysteries will be seen and all his ways vindicated. The second, the second coming. Yeah, when the Lord returns. 
Then all our questions will be answered. God's justice, mercy, and love will be vindicated, et cetera, et cetera. And there is a couple of songs that will be sing, will be sung in heaven. One of them is the song of Moses. And what's the other one? Anybody? The song of Moses and the lamb. The lamb. Yeah, two different things will be sung. Um, and then also at that time, everything will be seen without a veil between the legal, the prophetical, and the gospel. So all the questions that we have about why this happened and what was going on here, all those questions will be answered throughout the ages of eternity as we continue to learn with Christ as he teaches us and explains um, things that we have questions about. It says the, um, the, ch the church history upon earth and the church redeemed in heaven all center around the cross of Calvary. Why do you think everything centers around the cross? I think the cross is the identifying factor of who Jesus is. It's what draws us uh, to him. So when we're looking at that, I mean, the whole ideal is to be redeemed, for him to redeem us back unto himself. Okay. Anybody else? Why is everything centering the cross? <clears throat> That's our hope. That's our salvation. That's everything for us. Yeah. When you think about um, the Bible from front to end, what is the center of it? The cross. It's all talking about Jesus and the plan of salvation. So uh, that's what the, the thing will be when we get to heaven. All that will be explained to us uh, and why everything revolved around the cross of Calvary, why everything um, happened on earth, what the history was, why certain people came about. You know, we're watching a really good documentary. I mentioned to you guys before. We like to watch that show called Lineage. Yeah. It's on the Hope Channel. Yeah, that's really uh, very informative. And they were talking about all the various martyrs and all the various evangelists and all the various uh, reformers who have been throughout history. And a lot of people you, I had never heard of, but there, everyone will be there in heaven, all the redeemed will be in heaven, it says, an innumerable company of the redeemed hosts. You can't even number all the people that will be in heaven because of salvation through Jesus and the cross of Calvary. But it's always good to learn uh, about history and why things happen. And do you think it's when we study something, like we're studying out of this book, Heaven, do you think it's okay for us to read and then say, uh, I think this means this, and somebody else says, I think it means that. Do you think that's okay to do? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, like, this is how we learn, by sharing our ideas and, you know, uh, expressing our beliefs and stuff and how the Holy Spirit is leading us, because everybody's experience is so different. Okay. Anybody else? Is it okay to give your opinion and speculate on what you think things mean or what's going to happen in heaven? No. Well, like we're doing now, when you ask the question, what do you think the um, music would be like in heaven? 
Um, we mm -hmm. all have our expectations and we all have our understanding according to what we've read, what we've experienced here and what the scriptures tells us. Um, but when you're talking about scriptorial um, interpretation, no, I don't think we should say this is what I think. This is my opinion, because even Jesus, when he was approached by Satan, he said, thus said the Lord. He said it is written. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and piggybacking off of that, uh, it, depending upon from which perspective you're coming from, certainly spiritually, the Bible in, in and of itself tells you line upon line, precept upon precept. Um, but if you're talking about an opinion that's going to cause you to search and study for truth, uh, then that's a different perspective. What is the purpose behind what, why you're asking the question or giving your opinion? Um, for me, anytime someone gives an opinion, I'm always in, I'm, I'm wanting to find out more about well, why did you say that or where can I find that? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly why we should uh, discuss our thoughts about things. Suppose I never asked each person what heavenly music meant to them. We might all think we had the same understanding of it. Same right. thing with different Bible scriptures or different beliefs if you don't discuss it with people you tend to think oh they must believe exactly what i do but that's not true and when you share ideas and thoughts that's where the growth comes in and the learning comes in mm -hmm. i think about lee when you talk about that i think about the fact that the bible talks about forsake not the siblings of yourselves coming together when you are left alone by yourself I think it's a good, for one thing, it's good to read the Bible and in the spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand what you're reading, but also to come together and discuss that. Um, I also think the Holy Spirit is revealed in discussions, uh, what the Holy Spirit has revealed to other people. You need to hear that also. Uh, and, 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 and I'm gonna tell you many, many times in my life, if I want one of the things that lets me know the Holy Spirit is speaking to me is when I talk to somebody else, two or three other people, and we talk about the same subject, and they have also been talked to through the Holy Spirit, and we all on one accord, then you know that you're all getting that right from the same source. It's kind of confirmation. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get confirmed through other people telling you the same thing the Holy Spirit told you. How would you know that unless you were speaking to other people? Uh, what happened at the end, Andre? I was saying sometimes uh, we need confirmation. And sometimes it comes to uh, conversations with other people, knowing that the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit has spoken to them and to you. And so sometimes other conversations can be confirmation also. Right. They can be, and that's a good point. It can confirm what you believe, or as Percy said, it can cause you to do a little more study yes. and prayer about the subject. Yes. If no one ever discussed their beliefs, there wouldn't have been a Protestant Reformation. There wouldn't have been a day of Pentecost. There wouldn't have been any of those things. So discussion is healthy. And again, right. as we say, uh, we don't have all the answers, but when we get to heaven, the Lord is going to make sure that we all know the very truth that he intended for us to know. Uh, let's look at paragraph 178.2. 
and that's where it says heavenly music. At the last last sentence or two of that, it says, as well as the singers and the players on instruments shall be there, talking about in heaven. They shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. Now, have you ever heard of people who said, who are against having instruments in church? <laughs> Anybody ever heard people uh, like that? We've heard that our whole life. There's still people complaining about the drums and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. and How loud? The, music did, the Bible talks about praising him with cymbals and and, and different instruments, mm -hmm. and they're going to have instruments in heaven. Right. Why do you think people don't want instruments in church? I think that uh, people associate different um, instruments or music with different um, behaviors, you know, maybe uh, with a party and influence or uh, unholy type of influence they may feel, you know, and, and this is based on their experience. And, and I think that's where people have to get to a place where they thinking in terms of, for me, it's not good because it may affect them in such a way that, you know, bring on some you know, unholy vibes, but that doesn't mean everybody have the same experience. That's a good point. So different things might mean different things to each another person. What you think uh, might have a problem with some instruments, it doesn't bother everybody that way. So again, that's why we have to be respectful of other people's thoughts and ideas. But Paula pointed out it's in the scripture to praise the Lord on the cymbal and the high sounding cymbal and all these other instruments. Uh, but some people do have a real problem with instruments in the church. Uh, they don't, it used to be you could only have a piano and that was it. <laughs> but now you see more instruments in the church. They probably, when they wanted to put a piano in there, there probably was some kickback. Can, you know, this is, something I think, I think it's kind of good to have kickback. I think it's good for people to say, no, don't do that. Because it slows the situation down, slows the process down, and the church won't change too fast. So the church has to change. You know, we, I mean, when they started talking about us going online or, you know, having um, even those little, what are those, those little screens out in the church and all of this stuff, this new technology, you know, people push back, you know, well, we don't need that. And why do we need that? You know, and stuff, but and it slowed the process down, but it didn't stop it. The church is going to grow. The church is going to change, but we don't want it to just be all out of control with chaos changing. Yeah. Good point. Change is inevitable. I was going to say if only time I've ever heard a saxophone was in the club or with some a certain type of music or gives a certain feeling then the next time i see somebody get up in church to give a <laughs> solo in church with a saxophone i'm gonna, like like your wife said i'm going to associate that with these other places that i've been and bring that into the church but but that's my own hang up that's that's something that mm -hmm. is bothering me and like you said lee it might not bother other people the thing about it is I, I need to learn how to separate that. And a lot of times we bring our experiences from the world into the church. And a lot of times it's through music. And, and so I, I do agree, Lakita, that it slows it down. 
even if it's just to discuss it. You know, let's talk yeah. about this thing. Let's kind of vet this thing to see, you know, what what's really going on here. I know the biggest thing that I've ever heard of in my life was the drums. We shouldn't have no oh, drums. Yeah. You know, that was the biggest yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I, I think, think people can, still have issue with drums. Yeah, I think they can be done, you know, decent. I remember Pastor Rice always talking about um, Keith, and he said he thought he was respectful in the way he did it. He didn't overdo it and bring any kind of beats that would remind you of, you know, worldly music. And so I think every every instrument can be done in, in a decent order, you know. Yeah. Now you, I know some of y'all remember Michael Lacoste. Yep, I remember him. Yeah, yep. Michael was a terrific saxophone player, and he used yep. to play some beautiful music in church. But he had got so much static from church members about playing a saxophone that he gave it up. And I thought that was really too bad because he really played beautiful music, you know, for the Lord. Yep. I agree. It's just kind of tough, you know. I think sometimes people think that, okay, this was a part of my life I left behind. Like Andre said, you know, where you associated the music with. And so you, you, you say, well, this is what I left behind. So they don't want it brought into the church. Yeah. Uh, like Andre it's said, that's their, that's their hang up with that. Right. It's like Not the everybody. It's like the TV. <laughs> you can choose to watch the wrong things on TV or you can choose mm -hmm. to watch the right things. So it's the, the problem is not the TV. Yeah. Same with the Internet. Mm -hmm. A lot of good stuff on the Internet, too. Yep. Christina, did you say something? No. Okay. Now, one of the things that I did have a question about, and I know some of y'all have experienced this too, where the musicians, uh, church musicians, will take the actual melody and beat from a worldly song and change it into a church song. Because mm -hmm. I know I've heard some songs definitely the same song when i was out in the world partying and they they just added jesus name to it and called it a gospel song yeah, Kirk, I, I did have issue with that yeah i heard something uh so amazing from luther vandross they changed the words to 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 fit jesus put jesus in there but every time i heard that song i heard luther i did not hear yeah. jesus so I can't, I can't do that one either, Lee. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? A lot of our hymns that we, you know, run around. Okay, so a lot of the hymns music is based on saloon music from back in the day. So we run around to hear the saloon music, so we have no bias against it. But some of the older folk would have that same issue, like, hey, that came out of the saloon. You know, it's very interesting how history impacts you when you know about it. As opposed to if you don't know, you don't have a clue. So I know that neither one of you said it, but so would it would that be a wrong thing? Because the music, to me, music is neither right or wrong. It's really what people do to it or do with it that that gives it the connotation. Yeah, it's like the the main part is the words, but the music can have that residual effect on you, but there have been some really nice Christian rap songs. I was just joking about rap. 
But there have been some really nice Christian rap songs. But I know some pastors refused to allow any kind of rap in the church. Although there have been some really nice Christian rap songs made. And then if that's so then when, what we say with that is then we have this idea, which I think we really all we do this. We get a concrete idea about how things are done or who is um, how people are reached. And we stick with that rather than opening our minds that it is some people who will can be saved through that same rap, through a message coming through, through rap, poetry, um, music, I mean, uh, skits and productions. It's, people can be reached in all ways. And I think mm -hmm. we limit ourselves way too much. And so we limit our Christian experience as well. Which uh, takes us back to the initial question. What is heavenly music? <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that's so true. And I'm glad Lakita said that because a lot of the youth I run across they said church is boring. And <laughs> I always say, well, is church boring or is how church and brand is boring? And I get the same response all the time. They said, well, the church won't allow us to be ourselves. And I had to go into a deep discussion to find out, well, what does that mean? And oftentimes, you know, rap is part of their, their, their lingo right now. But it's amazing how I've come across a couple, unfortunately, they're not in the Adventist church, but they're in church. And they are aspiring because of being able to be themselves in these other churches. Um, so I, there's some truth to that, you know, what Lakeem was saying. Um, years ago, I did a, um, I did a, a music therapy research paper. And what I found in my research, when you talk about instrumental music, um, the one thing that stood out the most to me while I was doing my research is the effect that music has on the mind. Mm. And the one test I did um, to understand what type of impact does instrumental music have on the body and mind. Well, we did a study that took several people and while they were driving, we used different types of instrumental music. Um, and what I found in the research is that music can be a very awesome stimulant to the mind. But what type of stimulant do you want to have while driving? And that's the same question I will raise when you enter into the house of God. What type of stimulant do you want? And when you talk about music and to stimulate the soul, what type of music is most appropriate, most holy, most pure for the mind to connect with God, to connect with Christ, to be in the spirit? And when you talk about um, the different instruments that the Bible um, suggests are what is written in the Bible, I, 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 I don't really remember reading anywhere in the Bible about drums, but I often remember reading about the trumpet, the lute, which is the flute or, or strings um, instrument. So uh -huh. 
the question would be, how would I guard my heart? How would I guard my mind when I'm coming into worship or in my daily walk? What would bring about the result in my behavior that I'm desiring? Um, if I'm around friends, what type of music would I want to play versus what type of music would I want to listen to um, while in worship? Yeah, good point. Sound like interesting research. And it brings up another good point is whatever we do, it should be to the glory of God. Music, how we dress, how we speak, act, the things we do, everything should be leading us to a closer walk with Christ. And that brings us to the next question. Well, hold on. Oh, hold go on. ahead. And it still goes back to still, um, Christina, is the person's personal experience. They're going to bring that with them as to like how they praise, you know, the Lord. I wonder, I'm just wondering about cultures who, you know, um, music has has a strong um, affinity to drums, how that may affect them or going to a place where drums are not being heard or not allowed to be heard. So I think that is, you know, um, I don't know what they, what, what heavenly music is, but I do know that there's some music, even you know, rap music that, you know, I've heard where you want to praise the Lord with. And I, and I think what you said, too, is true about what do you want to cause to happen with this music. And music, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up on the Temptations and Motown, all that music. And when I hear one of those songs, no matter, just turn on the, the uh, radio, listen to mm -hmm. two or three groups, and I, I'm, I'm singing those songs, the, I'm singing the words. I'm in the exact right spot. I, you know, whether you're in the middle of the song or the end of the song, it's like amazing how music can, how you can get this stuff into your head through music. And mm -hmm. I think we actually need to use music maybe a little bit more. Maybe we need to sing some of these Bible verses, teach, teach the children songs with through Bible verses. I mean, um, teach Bible verses through songs and and instruments, et cetera, et cetera, to get it into there is not coming out. Because I'm telling you, I'm still remember the <laughs> Temptations and, you know, Michael Jackson, everybody, you know, I can, I may not even know the, the, um, the person's, the performer's name, but I know the song. Mm. And, you know, Lakita, I, I agree with you, because when we grew up, my sister, she taught us the the Bible the, the the like she would have us say Matthew's Mark Luke then John Acts Romans two that's how she taught us the the books of the Bible she thought mm -hmm. she taught us through song and mm -hmm. and my and my brothers and sisters you know like I said as you know as they got older as teenagers she gave them a, another little song to remember but that's how we learned the Bible the the the, the chapters in the Bible we learned it through a song. Mm -hmm. That's real interesting. Um, I thought about what you were saying, Patsy. When I was in grammar school, for at least the first, maybe first grade through seventh grade, my mother would wake me up every single morning with um, music uh, uh, to mathematical stuff. Um, so my, all my timetables. So there was a uh, there was a set that she bought. And she would play it. She would never tell me, Andre, wake up. She would just start playing that. So every morning I would hear one times one is one. Bloop. One times two is two. I would hear that every single morning. And she would change that. And it's very interesting that I ended up, I was very good in math. And I ended up in computers, which is all mathematics anyway. So uh, 
that was a big influence on on the trajectory of my life is those those little albums that those that music that I was uh, awakened to every morning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with the Bible Bible songs too. We yep. just play the Bible songs in the Bible series for Holly, and they say that music goes right to your subconscious. So we do need to be careful what we're listening to. But I always used to laugh at myself because, um, like Lakita saying, a song would come on from like forty years ago. And I jump right into the tune with it, but then I have trouble remembering the words to "Yes, Jesus, love me." <laughs> and, then, and I want to say what Christina said about the, um, you know, which the effects you want to bring about. I think we do need to put thought into that. I remember one time um, when we was transporting children to the office. Uh, we were transporting. Lee was driving one, at one point, and the kids was really rowdy and stuff. So one day Lee came in and said, oh, I got him now. And I said, what you do? He said, what I do is I turn on the classical music and then I turn the heat up. He said, they so drowsy, they so tired. <laughs> he said, they all go to sleep. And then one of the little girls came to me like the next week and she said, Miss Carol. I said, huh? She said, can you tell your husband not to play the music in the car. I said, what's, what's wrong with the music? I said, is it rap music with cuss words? No, Miss Girl, it's this other kind of music, and it's just all music and no words, and it just makes people tired. <laughs> I said, girl, I can't tell Miss Girl what to play in the car. You know, I said, I can say you just rest up before you get in the van. <laughs> so it's yeah, music but does you, have an but influence. But well, you, you know, when I grew up at when I grew up at home at our Adventist church, the only thing, we didn't have piano. We had an organ. And every song that they sing, by the, and we didn't have a choir, and the older people would always be in charge of the music. And the music, I'm not going to lie, y'all, the music was so slow that by the time they was getting through the, you know, the first sentence, you'd be like, dang, I already done sang that whole verse and they still on it. <laughs> but, 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 you know, that was their way. That's, they were set in that, that you, you know, we ain't going to have these kids singing nothing but, and, and the music was so slow. And I remember my sister used to be like, let's just go outside and eat something. Because when we come back in, they still going to be on the same line. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's very interesting how we all have different thoughts about music and how it affects us differently. But if you look at the bottom of 178.2, the last couple of sentences, this points out what we what we could uh, agree heavenly music could be like, because it says they shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. So whatever music you like, you know, should be singing for the majesty of the Lord, whether it's instrumental or vocal or acapella or whatever, uh, when you're truly singing for the majesty of the Lord, then that's going to make a huge difference. Elder Carol, I got a question. Mm -hmm. You have people that say that you should never move, do movement when you're praising the Lord. And I'm going to be honest, my body when I hear a song that's praising the Lord and I'm into it, my body just start moving. And I, I, I know what they're saying. They're saying, you know, you're not supposed to be moving, you know, when you're praising the Lord. But I just don't know how to stop moving. 
Is that what the no, Bible says? Is that, is that what the Bible I, said? We should not move when we praise the Lord. I, he said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. You know, do you all know that the trees, they have breath? So they're, you know, I mean, because they were talking about the, um, I'm, I'm saying the ozone layer, but that's not right. Uh, this carbon monoxide, this carbon thing going on. Um, global warming. Global warming. The great global warming. Yeah, one of warming. the problems is, yeah, they're taking out the trees. So, but when in the in the springtime, when the um, trees awake, they notice that there is a lot of oxygen going out into the environment, and they're saying that it's the trees. So the Bible, I mean, the trees can't sing. It says, "Let everything that has breath praise the Lord." So I, I no, I don't believe that. I think you got you you get to praise God the way you want to do it. I I think that's too much work for us to try to tell people how to praise God. That's a lot of work. I think they were saying that it's a distraction when you do that because you're taking the focus off Christ. And I'm like, I don't, you know, even though I know, you know, the individual that, that, that said it, I just think, you know, when there's certain songs that just touch my heart and I do move and I understand, you know, that, like I said, their, their point of view and quite a few people have agreed with that individual and, you know, and I'm like, but, you know, everybody praises God in their own way because God gave us, you know, the freedom, the choice, you know. And I said, it's not to the point where I'm going to get up and throw down and try to do all this modern dance. But I, <laughs> when the spirit hits me, I move. Well, let me tell you something. So now all you got to say is this, every they say um, that this is what they, and other people agree with them. They say this and other people agree with them, except Patsy. Patsy doesn't agree with them and that's okay. You know, it's absolute. I don't see anything wrong with people um, moving a David dance while he was praising the Lord. I took some clothes off, okay? You know, strutting around, praising God. But it just depends on what you're, you know, what you're, um, what's happening with you. I, I don't see how you can stand still when you're truly praising God, I don't see how that can happen. You know, I, I just don't see how you can stand still and truly be praising God. Now, did anybody's parents tell them to, uh, when the music was playing in church, did anybody's parents tell them to stop tapping your foot or something like that? No, my mom didn't go to church, so she wouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> And it's kind of hard, you know, as, as uh, African-Americans, we just have rhythm. There you and go. Your foot just starts exactly. tapping with the beat. There you go. And somebody now, Zumba, mentioned Zumba, something Zumba, earlier. Somebody Zumba mentioned something rhythm. earlier about beats. Every song has a beat. Yes. Every yeah. song has a beat. And whether you have a 4-4 one, one, beat or a 4-8 beat or whatever, it's the same. Uh, it's really just to keep time with the melody so that your song sounds like a song. So... Mm -hmm. I don't see a fault with the fact that that you have a beat to your heart. There's a, a rhythm of life. Mm -hmm. The whole world's a you know, part of a rhythm, mm -hmm. circadian rhythm, all that. So how can somebody tell you to stop having a rhythm? It makes no sense. I mean, don't praise God like that's what they're saying. It's the makeup of who we are, how God created us, because the very thing that our blood runs through, which is the heart, it has a beat. And that beat pretty much drives everything through, I mean, from your head to your toes is driving or moving the, the circulation of your blood, the cells, 
and and it all and it connects with your organs. So I mean, music and rhythm, all of that I think is built in every human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole universe has a rhythm to it. I think Christians spend too much time. I I keep coming back to it. Too much time limiting ourselves, lim- not our limiting ourselves, and then we want to limit other people because we're miserable in that state of mind. But rather than asking God, how can we find joy in serving God? Because it's supposed to be a joyful experience. It's not supposed to be miserable. You know, everybody, where everybody, all that, you know, uh, live godly shall suffer persecution. Well, everything is not persecution, though. Some of it is we're bringing this stuff up on ourselves. Now, remember when the um, churches, I guess they first called them celebration churches, which was really black churches becoming more enthusiastic, more vocal, you know, and then the white churches was trying to say that ain't right. You know, I didn't think that was fair that they should try and dictate how anybody serves the Lord. You know, whether you're more vocal than I am or whether you shout more than I do, that doesn't mean that either one of us is farther or closer to God than the other one. You know, the Holy Spirit hits all of us in different ways. And the truth of that is just let it be real. Don't be false with your worship. Just let it be real. And if you're the type that shouts or moves around, as Patsy was saying, then so let it be. And if I'm not that type, nobody should condemn me for being uh, who I am and serving the Lord as best as I can, or anybody for that matter. Should we be considerate when we are in a form where there are other people in our space of worship? Because we're only thinking of, worship when it comes to praise and worship in the house of the Lord. But when we're at home, I think it's, it's a more open space where you can be liberal, be conservative, however you want to worship God, whatever music. But when you come into a farm, you know, I just think when we describe what heavenly music is, it's harmonious. So that means that everyone is on the same page. I thought- Maybe... Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe, this is what I think about it too. When we get to heaven, let's say, okay, let's go back to the day um, after Pentecost, at Pentecost when they were out preaching, all these people heard the word in their own language. That's how I view music too. I view this experience with God when we get to heaven and we hear the music, it's going to be harmonious because we're going to hear it in the way that it touches us. I don't know, you know, it, I don't believe, I just don't believe in a one way because God is not a one way God, you know, just even grass. It's so many different types of grasses, it's ridiculous. You know, he put all of this, all of these this variety in there for us. And then we, this, I keep coming back to, we are the ones who limit what can happen, what should not happen by our own ideas of what's holy, what's, you know, um, or was 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 sanctified or you know whatever but i you know i do believe that there are some sometimes where we should have some solemn music whereas yeah. you know quiet and there are some times where we should have some praise music where people are up you know doing their thing and then sometimes you know i've i've seen people praise god with real praise with no music and that's pretty awesome too so it's just can we open our minds to just allow ourselves to experience all that God has for us and not limit stuff because 
we're missing out. I believe, you know, I spent too many of my years at Northside and all the other churches, you know, being limited by other people's ideas of what's right and what's wrong. And this music is not right or wrong. It's just, it's just music. It's what we do. As we praise and God, Andre, you had a comment. I was, I was when she, when Christina, when you first started talking, I thought you were going to talk about um, if I were at a Caucasian church and they were singing a certain way, what I, I would try to, you know, try to, try to, I guess, sing the way they were, or just kind of, you know, I don't want to be the only one in the church clapping, you know, I don't want to draw attention <laughs> myself. If, if everybody's uh, singing a certain way, and then I want to sing it a different way, you know, I do, in an effort not to draw attention to myself, that, that was my biggest thing. But I really agree with Lakita said, you know, we, we, we all have a different culture that we're coming from. We were all raised differently. We like certain types of music. Um, and, and, and I love the praise of the Lord. When we were at, me and Karen went to uh, Powell Symphony Hall, and some of the most beautiful music with the orchestra playing, oh, that sounded heavenly. And I just mm -hmm. closed my eyes and just, just, right. and it was, I, I bathed myself in that music. I let it just surround me and it was wonderful. Then there's other times that I've been at church and we've had high praise songs from the praise team and you're singing at the top of your lungs. And I just, I can just <laughs> see the angels singing and I can hear the angels singing with us. And that was heavenly too. So mm -hmm. it's not just one type. For, for any of us, just like you said, Lakita, it can come from all kinds of different services. And, and, and then you can hear a wonderful message from a pastor. And then you get a, a beautiful appeal song that, that really helps. And it's a solemn song. And that can be heavenly. So you can't just, like you said, you can't just lock it down and say it's one way. And you definitely shouldn't be telling other people how they should praise the Lord or what's holy and what should be considered holy and not holy. That, that's all subject to yourself. And you know, Andre, I must tell you this. I really admire people who can go wherever they go and just be who they are. Yes. So if you go into, you go into the like uh, Caucasian conservative church <laughs> and you can just, you know, they get to sing in their stuff and you add in there your moanings and your, you know, this soul thing that you yes. got going on, you know, just because it's you, it's who you are, you know, it's, it's how God works with you. I, I, I admire people. That's where I hate to say it, but that's where I like to be at, you know, like just be who I am and don't, yeah. you know, really worry about all the rest of this stuff is too much. Percy, what you got? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was listening to everybody and I, I mean, everybody's got good points. I mean, it goes back to the very opening question. What about opinions? Everybody mm -hmm. got good points. Stuff that's going to yep. make me go back and say, hmm, let me look at this. Yeah. Let me look at that. Uh, yeah. But one thing that jumped out at me, Lee, it really hit me like a rock. You asked the question this morning on Sabbath school lesson, who's the church or, or, or how is the church faring? And as I'm thinking about what we're discussing now and realize, the realization that we are the church, individual mm. uh what we bring to the table mm -hmm. that's going to be dependent upon our relationship with god amen whether it's real or not you know mm -hmm. and so i thought about when i went to, for you andre i thought about when i went to sunnydale 
man, I mean, you got a brother going up into a place where there's only 15 <laughs> of us. And, and you're wondering to yourself, how in the world are you going to make it? And I'll be honest, I was scared to death. I, I told my mom, I ain't going to be there. There's only a few of us there. And uh, we out in no man's land. But uh, I'll never forget this. I remember the first Sabbath going to worship. And I looked at Paul and I said, man, what did he just talk about? And Paul looked at me and began to explain to me, I said, how in the world? So mm -hmm. I, I got a little pad and I started writing down little things and, and keeping track of it. So I was able to appreciate. So part of that experience for me was, okay, I had to come out of who I am to appreciate the love that God has in others. No matter how different they may be, I had to find that peace of mind to find the truth of God. And so when I'm thinking about that, Lee, and all that we're discussing, music, you know, yeah, I, I, I got to go back and do some serious study, research. But at the end of the day, if I'm representation of the church, mm -hmm. then I got to be like, like Christ would be. And what does that look like? Yeah, excellent points. Excellent points by everybody. And again, we all are on our individual walk with Christ. And just like we have freedom of religion, that means freedom to worship who and how you want, as well as freedom to express yourself who and how you want. And as long as we're not being disruptive, you know, that's up to you as an individual, how you want to praise the Lord. Uh, let's go to paragraph, paragraph 170. Wait a minute. 179.1, and as the title is The 144,000 Sing the Song of Their Experience. The 144,000 Sing the Song of Their Experience, 179.1. And it says, the, Upon the crystal sea before the throne, the sea of glass mingled with fire, so resplendent with the glory of God, are gathered the company that have gotten the victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark, over the number of his name, with the lamb on Mount Zion, having the harps of God, they stand, the, the 144,000 that were redeemed from among men. And it talks about the new song they sing, is the, is the song of Moses and the lamb, a song of deliverance, that none but the 144,000 can learn that song, for it is the song of their experience an experience such as no other company have ever had, you know, and that kind of is, uh, goes along with what we've been talking about. Each of us individually has a song that no one can sing because it's our experience with the Lord and with how he's brought us thus far by faith. So I may be singing the song, uh, with a different note or a different key or a different melody than you are, but your song is just as much a song of God as mine is, because it's all about our experience with the Lord and, and his great providence for us. So we just have to keep in mind, we're all individuals, we're unified in purpose and mm -hmm. unified in um, where we're trying to get to, but that doesn't mean we all worship the same or sing the so same songs or even like the same songs, but it's all an individual. Every tub has to stand on its own bottom, right? Yeah, so each so of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ for ourselves. I want to ask you guys this uh, real quick. We're talking about the songs again. 
and I was thinking one of the songs that I always thought was really heavenly when it's sung right is Total Praise. Y'all yeah, know that song? Love it. Yeah, when I hear that song, I'm like, man, that is that sends chills down my spine. Uh, does anybody else have a favorite song like that? I like yeah. um shoot. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Patsy. Mine is He Lives because it talks about he walks with me and talks with me mm-hmm. along life's narrow ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful song. That's one of my favorites too. Uh, but I wanted to make a comment about the song of the 144,000. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting is that it says none but them can learn it because it's the song of their experience. But yet all of their experiences will be different. Nobody's experience mm-hmm. will be exactly the same. And so I'm just wondering about that song, you know, because will parts of it be the same and parts of it not the same? You know what I mean? <laughs> And the chorus is the same, but the verses are different. You know what I mean? So when I think about the that they all came out of great tribulation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be the, one of the similarities. It would all be sung about what, you know, what we just came out of. And how we made about, it over. Right. Yeah, and that Tennessee no one else just... can sing it, which means I, I assume, uh, no, it's, I'm sorry, this is no one else can even learn it. Not no one else can sing it. No one else can even learn it, which is interesting to me because when we get to heaven, it's going to be like, you know, I don't think there's anything we couldn't learn. But this says with others who are not in the 144,000 can't even learn the song. Yeah. It's a different experience. It says these are those that are translated from earth, from among the living, counted as the first fruits unto God and the Lamb. So unless you've had that experience, right. you're not gonna have that song that they had. Right. Right. That was that was Go ahead, Percy. Yeah, that was one of the key factors that I was thinking about too. Uh, because though we may we may know of a couple that was translated, but we certainly won't know all of them. But that is an experience that the mass majority won't be able to testify to. Um, but the other thing is, is that um, just me personally thinking to be able to have such a relationship with God that he would transport you or translate you from earth still living. That means you have such a relationship, so powerful of a relationship and you've been through so much. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what that entails, what that, 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 that would count. Um, I often think of it and the Bible is clear, all that sin and falling short of the glory of God. But it talks about Enoch and how Enoch walked with God, and then he just walked <laughs> right up out of here. Um, but as Andre alluded to, he pointed out one of the uh, arenas from which they came. But I was reading in chapter four, or either chapter five, he gave uh, three specific arenas in from which they came, even leading up into uh, the last days, uh, such a trouble as never before. So, mm-hmm. so that's the suggest to me that even going forward, there still might be some that are translated that we have no clue about. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing's for for sure about whatever song, it will be sung to the majesty of the Lord. Whatever your experience is, is going to be praising God and worshiping him and 
thanking him for the plan of salvation and for allowing his son to give his life for our sakes. That's definitely one thing that will be similar amongst everybody's song. Uh, we'll pick up again in a couple of weeks at that paragraph uh, right after that. Is there any other thoughts before we close out? Next time we'll pick up at paragraph 180.1. Any final thoughts on heavenly music? Elder Pearl, what would be the title of the next one? The Redeemed will make rich music in heaven. Is that what we're picking up on? No, it's the one that says, in his temple doth everyone okay. speak his glory. I got you. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, if nothing else, Karen, what are we studying next week? Um, We are on chapter 89, I believe, of Testimonies for the Church, volume one. Chapter 89, mm-hmm. Testimonies, volume one. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll close out. We'll ask Elder Percy if he will give us a closing prayer, please. Sure. Father God, Lord, what a blessing to be able to sit and study your word, to lift up praises and honor unto your precious and holy existence. Knowing, Father God, that as we open your word, you send your spirit to comfort and, and to lead and guide us into all truths. Lord, we're excited about just the thought of being able to sing praises unto you, to have words manifest themselves in our spirit to change us from the inside out. And we ask, Father God, that as we press forward through the rest of this Sabbath, that Lord, truly your word will move and that it will become a part of us, Lord. We pray that as we go through the rest of the week, Lord, those who are sick, Lord, we ask that your hands of mercy will be stayed upon them. I may not know all the names, Lord, but I know that you know who they are. And so, Lord, without calling out names, I just ask, Lord, that you would touch the gamut of your children across this globe. Lord, I ask, Father God, also that you would continue to bless all of our leaders, Lord, as we look forward to the uh, various things and events that are coming our way. Bless this 10-day of prayer, Lord. I pray that somehow someone, Lord, will receive you as a result of it. I thank you, Lord, for uh, Lee and Karen's tenacity, Lord, and, and, and doing the discipleship class, Lord, and, and, and standing firm. And so, Lord, we just give you all honor, praise, and glory one more time. Continue to teach us, Lord, that we may continue to grow. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thanks for everybody tuning in. Enjoy the rest of the Sabbath.